Welcome to the Get Emergent Podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massingill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And today we are going to take a different stand on a topic that we've talked about quite often over the last few years. We're taking a different stand on empathy. We are. And we are titling this episode, How Empathy is Ruining Performance. You've got to say that again, because I think that's going to capture a lot of people's (laughs) attention. How Empathy is Ruining Performance. It's interesting because uh, we've been pro-empathy people, right? This idea of connecting with people, understanding how they're feeling. But we think there's three reasons, three reasons that empathy really impacts performance adversely. First, it's overused at the individual level. Second, it's misunderstood. And third, it's applied incorrectly at all levels of the organization. So it's overused. I mean, how can empathy be overused? You know, especially with everything that's happened over the last 18 to 24 months, all the experts, all the psychologists, all the people who are leaders in the field of organizational development and leadership development, they're all telling us to be empathetic, Empathy will help us get through what's going on. You know, how is it overused? Well, you know, so if you think about it, and there's some examples, particularly from healthcare, one of the traps of empathy is too individually focused. And when we think about emotional empathy, actually taking on and feeling someone's pain, it can actually be draining. And it impacts our ability to perform future acts in an effective way. There are studies in healthcare that, you know, you want a certain amount of empathy, but too much empathy, too much time with a patient is actually draining and it impacts the health service provider's ability to support other patients. So when we start to look at this, we want to look at it more from an enterprise or global perspective as opposed to an individual. So being too individually focused is impacting or ruining performance. So what I'm hearing you say is when we're being empathetic individually, we might lose sight of the impact that it's having on even just the entire team, the collective team and the organization as a whole. And we're missing things. Absolutely. So so we want to not lose the many because of the focus of the one. And let's just recap for our listeners. Empathy is sensing others' feelings and perceptions in taking an active interest in their concerns. So I just want to kind of level set the field of the definition. Okay. So what did you mean by misunderstood? People confuse empathy with sympathy. And, you know, I, I hear people say, oh, what are we going to hold hands? And that, that's not empathy. That's not tuning in to what's going on organizationally from a culture or performance standpoint. Feeling sorry for someone is not empathy, right? We can get too caught up into their story. You know, that sympathy is judgment. And when we confuse empathy with sympathy, we actually can wear ourselves out and and spend too much time on the wrong things. So that's what I mean by misunderstood. Well, I also, now that you've, you know, as you've explained it, I hear a lot of people feel 
by avoiding a difficult conversation or maybe sugarcoating performance feedback, all those things, they feel like that's being empathetic because you're being soft on the person when in reality, it's not the empathetic thing to no, do. No, that's being sympathetic. Right. And you're being exactly. sympathetic. You're not having the conversation you need to have if you are being empathetic. You understand the struggle somebody's going through and you take an active interest in supporting them through it. We need to chunk up to the enterprise level, I think, and look at how concerns and problems are impacting overall performance and culture. We get too sucked into an individual story. We actually may work on the wrong things. We may apply resources to the wrong places. And then the last one is how people are applying empathy. Yeah, I think it's applied incorrectly at all levels of the organization. And again, if we go back to the, there's three levels of empathy. There's cognitive empathy, there's emotional empathy, and there's compassionate empathy. And compassionate empathy would be you know, understanding someone's perspective and taking an active interest in having them work through whatever problem or challenge they have. And I think people misapply it throughout the organization. You had an example, and I think this story of the boy and the butterfly actually is a good illustration of this, if you wouldn't mind sharing it. I think it is a good illustration of the best intentions, right? But not applied correctly. So there's the story of a little boy who finds a cocoon in the woods and knows that inside the cocoon is a butterfly waiting to flourish, right? And so in his best intentions of helping the butterfly get out of the cocoon as quickly as possible, he pries it open slightly, really gently to allow the butterfly to be released. But what happens is completely opposite of what he expected. No butterfly is released. And the reason why is because part of that butterfly's growth and building strength and being able to fly at all, part of that process is the process by which that butterfly pushes against the inside of the cocoon to open the cocoon. That's exactly what gives it its strength, right? And so when you talk about empathy being misapplied or leaders misapplying empathy, I think that is a perfect analogy for what we do. We try to fix things and it's taking away from the strength that that fixing or working through a challenge is providing people. So the miss in the the little boy story is, He understands the struggle, but what he misses is that that struggle is necessary part of the process. And so the taking action in some way would not be to open up the cocoon, but would be to put the cocoon in some place where it would be safe or in the sun. And that's the leader's role. And sometimes we, that's an example of applying empathy incorrectly, fixing as opposed to understanding that the struggle is absolutely necessary part of growth. Well, I think that's because sometimes we think that we have to take action on things when really just acknowledging and validating a situation 
is all that an individual needs. You know, we know that there are three different types of empathy and compassion is the third type that's taking action. Sometimes we don't need to take action. What I like about what you said is taking action in some way, which could be just acknowledging and validating. It could be making a conscious choice to leave it alone, but it's very intentional and it is taking action in some way. And I think the other way it's misapplied in organizations is we take action at the local level as opposed to at the global or enterprise level. We've all heard this example is that we spend an inordinate amount of time with problems and challenge people in an organization, as opposed to operating from empathy, we'd look at what action is necessary to take or not take that would be best for the whole. And I think we often lose that. That's the connection between how empathy can ruin performance. So what we're saying then is with regard to, it makes me smile every time I say it because it feels like it's completely counter to everything that we've talked about in the last 20 years. But I think what we're saying is that we want people to almost pay attention to when they are taking action because sometimes it doesn't require action, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. And the example I'm thinking of is let's talk about the difference between niceness and kindness. And I think this is an example of, of how something gets either misunderstood or misapplied in an organization. You know, niceness is superficial, polite, courtesy, but really not very much depth to it. Whereas kindness is taking an active interest in someone's development. And part of being kind might be to give tough feedback, which right. seems to fly in the face of being nice. And so this is where I think, again, empathy is ruining performance because it is misunderstood. It is overused on an individual level, and it is applied incorrectly at most levels of the organization. Well, you know, we talked earlier about a made up scenario, but one that I think people can put their own circumstances in this scenario, but say you're partnered, you have somebody who you're working on a project with, you know that they've just recently taken in an ailing parent, they're the primary caregiver for the parent, but you're also working on a really important project where deadlines are slipping and they're not holding up their end of their commitment of the part that they're responsible for. Do you say something or not? You know, some people would choose not to having sympathy for knowing what's going on at home. And really, that's what we're talking about, about how empathy is ruining performance situations like that, where we almost let people off the hook sure. for what they're really responsible for. And so how do we, I think the challenge is, how do we both feel for that person and show our understanding for that person? And fulfill the commitments that we have to our teams and organizations and the roles that we're responsible for. But that example speaks to how it's misunderstood because people don't empathize in that situation. They project. They project and they do what they'd want to have done to them, which might not necessarily be the best action. And so that's, again, as much as we've studied this topic, you go back to the definition, very uh, misunderstood by most people and obviously 
misapplied. So what would, you know, what would the call to action? So if we got people's attention with this idea that empathy is ruining performance, what would we suggest that they do from a call to action perspective? What's one thing? So my favorite thing is I'll speak to all the fixers out there, me included, Fixers, by that I mean the people who tend to jump into action and want to solve everybody's problem, is just to step back a little bit and pay attention to how fixing is solving things to the detriment of the goal, the overarching objectives, or even the commitments. You know, I said earlier, sometimes just acknowledging and validating people, recognizing and assuring them that you see and understand a situation that they're in. You may not understand their specific dynamics completely, but just acknowledging that you see it is really all that's needed, right? I mean, not fixing it or solving it for people. I think a second one is balance big picture with a boots on the ground perspective. I think too often, Many leaders are too far removed, and so they don't really understand what many of their people are going through. So they, they, they can't take an active interest in helping them work through it, or they're too much into the detail that they can't see how their actions are affecting the whole or the big picture. So that would be a, be a second way, kind of balancing big picture with boots on the ground, really understanding what's going on in the organization holistically. Well, I think I I want to speak to that one. I think that it's easier, not always the most effective, but it's easier to be empathetic with things that we relate to or that we have in common with people. And so, you know, take the example of somebody who's trying to teach their kids at home, teach three kids all under the age of 12, do homeschooling and manage their full-time job and live a life, right? And during a pandemic, I mean, for people who don't have children that age at home, it could be difficult to really understand what that challenge looks like and feels like, like all of it. Which I think is the second, a second of three traps of empathy. It's biased. Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, we tend to empathize with people that we can relate to, not those that we cannot relate to. Sure. Really important distinction. But I think the third call to action is I'm going to take from a story that I heard many years ago told by an emotional intelligence expert, Daniel Goleman. He told a story about some seminary students who were writing their first sermon. They were getting ready to deliver their very first sermon. They're still in seminary. The topic of their sermon is the parable of the Good Samaritan. So you know that it's a parable about a stranger helping someone else in need, right? So as they're getting ready to deliver their sermon, they move from one building to another And there between the two buildings, they stage a person who's kind of sitting on the sidewalk, looking like they could use some help and sort of sitting there out of place, right? The question is, do those seminary students stop to help that person in need? And here they are. They've just spent hours working on their first sermon, right? Do they stop and help? None of them stopped. 
to help this person in need. And I think what that speaks to as it relates to empathy is paying attention. Do we have the time to really pay attention to what's going on with the people around us? Are we seeing what people are struggling with? Are we paying attention? Do we have the time to focus on that? So that would be, I think my my call to action is just making sure that we're not too packed in our day-to-day schedules to pay attention to what's going on around us. I would add a fourth that I think builds off of the boots on the ground. Be careful not to care more about certain people in the here and now that leaves us insensitive to the long term. And and I think that's the draining aspect, which could be the third trap of empathy. We get too overly consumed with certain situations and people in the here and now, and it leaves us insensitive to the long-term implications for our organizations. Really good. I love today taking this different stand on empathy and how it's ruining performance. And let's continue to be really effective, empathetic leaders. And we invite all our listeners to come back for more episodes of the Get Emergent podcast, including the Driving Leadership series with our partner, Bill Berthout.